time. And the people's thoughts are all over the place. I mean, it's, you, you just, everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got a thought. Um, and I've got my own. I'm, I'm so puzzled about some of the things that, that's going on. We, in, in 2019, um, we, we murdered 832,000 babies and nobody flinched. And 420 people have died of COVID and we shut the world down. Now, I'm not belittling. It's sad when anyone passes away. I'm not making a lot of that. 2019, there was 1,600 people killed in car accidents in North Carolina. And yet, we didn't stop driving. So, I'm puzzled about a lot of things as far as all that's going on. It's, it's, there's a lot of craziness and uncertainty. And, and that's the reason why tonight, Solid Rock Baptist Church is so important that we be certain about what we believe, about who we believe in, and about what we believe. Perhaps the greatest thing we all could get out of this is that it it hones what we believe. And um, the reality is we should have already been there, but these circumstances and situations we're facing, and, and it's a time that we be certain about what we believe because doubt can paralyze our ability to pray, to ask God for things. And, and it's a serious danger to the believer in the Christian life. It is for that reason, it is for that reason that we come and, and uh, realize that we so need God. And uh, it gives us, James gives us a warning. He said, if any man like wisdom, let him ask him. He said, I'll give it to you. And he said, I won't quarrel at you for it. And to him it shall be given. But then there was such a magnitude, a, such a dangerous and decaying thing, he said, but you don't need to doubt. He said, whatever you do, you can't doubt. And if any like wisdom, let him ask of God. But no, and, but let him ask in faith, nothing, nothing wavering. He said not to doubt. So let me give you three things tonight on, uh, what's, uh, what doubt does. And, and you pray for me. Uh, I fought the sun this morning, but I'm fighting the wind tonight, but it's a lot cooler. Amen. First of all, doubt displays indecision. Doubt displays indecision, but let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. The word wavering, wavereth, means you speaks of discernment or judgment. In Matthew 6, 3, all ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. In other words, you can't make a decision. It speaks of indecision, inability to make and discern decisions. Notice with me the spiritual problem of a doubter. Wavering. It paints the picture of a person 
that's unable to make a clear decision. One writer explains it this way. They go back and forth between faith and unbelief. Faith and unbelief. They're up and down and in and out. One day God's the grace thinks it's sliced bread and the next day they act like he's dead. And literally, it's a struggle within ourselves of what we truly believe. See, the spiritual problem of a doubter is they cannot fully believe what God said in His Word. They read it. Oh, I know that's what it says. I know what the Bible says, preacher, but... And the spiritual problem is they just cannot believe that God will do what He said. They, they want to. They want to believe. They, uh, at times, seem to believe greatly, but then circumstances come. They crunch the numbers. Consider the odds. And then all of a sudden, especially the circumstances, and then they start wavering. Well, maybe God can't handle this. I want to ask you a question, and you need not answer it. This is for you to ponder. Do you believe God can keep you safe through this virus? Do you believe God can keep you uh, take care of you? Many of us Christians are acting like He can't. Oh, but you say God saved me. I know God saved me, but you don't believe you believe he can take you to heaven, but you don't believe he can take care of you. See, the reality is is who and what we believe. We see a spiritual problem of a doubter. We see the sad picture of a doubter. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Now James knew something about the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee was known for the storms that would come up very quickly. He knew how the waves would toss you in every direction. Have you ever been in a storm of life and you feel like you're just going to be tossed every every way you'll be turned? But in the midst of that, that word waves doesn't speak about normal tide. speaks about wind blowing the waves and they're very high. And the, the person who doubts God seems to never, never have any calm in their life. They're, they're just, it's just not there. They're, they're just doubting all the time. A professional golfer was known to, uh, have a no sticking out of his golf bag. And it was his, from his son. And his son wrote a note and he said, Dad, always trust your swing. You know what God's given us here? It says, Son, always trust your father. Always trust your father. And the reality is that doubt displays an indecision. Second, doubt displays an ineffectiveness. You become ineffective. James doesn't mince words. He doesn't go soft on truth. He really 
The reality is he puts it, I mean, in your face. And he says, and let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. I mean, you, you don't have to, you don't have to say, oh, I just wonder what that means. It's very clear. The reality is, he said, let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. Doubt to an inability to accomplish anything in prayer. James states that a man that doubts the word of God for his life will not see the work of God in his life. Period. I want to see God's work. In the midst of all of this craziness, and that's what I call it, craziness, borderline of foolishness, some of it is, but the reality is what I want to see is, God, what are you doing? I want to see what God wants to do in the life of our church, in my personal life. I want to say, God, what are you wanting to do? Notice with me, it's a clear word. If we're not careful, we'll begin to think that God overlooks the presence of a little doubt in our life. May I be reminded, some are tempted to believe that if we just ask God, that's all we got to do. But may I say, we can pray. Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. But we cannot pray, God, overlook thou mine unbelief. Do you hear what I said? God said, we could pray, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. But we cannot pray, God, overlook my unbelief. Because that's something he just will not do. He'll not answer a half-hearted request. Have you ever dialed a phone, dialed a number, and got the wrong number? Well, to call on God with doubts in your heart, it's like calling the wrong number. May I say it's a clear word. May I say it's a convicting word. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. Now I want to ask you a question. And you could toot if you if you're sincere. How many of you need the Lord? You need you got something tonight you need the Lord to do that nobody else can do. We need the Lord. We need the Lord. I mean, we need Him. Oh, I want you to know we need Him. My children are groaning. They think because you're sitting in the parking lot, I won't use them as an illustration, but that don't get them out of it. Amen. I, I, my children are grown. And uh, when they got married, I put their hand in their husband's hand and, and said, okay, it's your problem now. You take care of them. And, uh, uh, but you know what? I like it when my children call me, call me, and said, Dad, I need you to do this or to do that. I like that. I like that. And to be honest with you, I'd move heaven and earth to do whatever they want me to do if I can. 
If it's right, I'm doing no, nothing wrong. But if it's right, I'll do it for him. You know why? Because I'm the Father. Boy, that's just the way it is with God. He, he wants us to be able to go to Him and believe Him. And boy, that's convicting word. He said, let not that man think. But when we go to God with doubt in the heart, wonder if He's really the God that He says He is. Is He really the God the preacher says He is? Can He really do what He says He'd do? If He's really the God, then we will begin to doubt that God can do that. Then we end up in trouble. Considering the truth that we're living a Christian life, which we're not seeking God's answer to our prayers, we must ask ourselves whether or not we're wavering in our trust of God. I, I talked to a young man earlier, just a few minutes ago, and, and I'll be honest with you. When I get to heaven, I'm, one thing I'm going to talk to the Lord about, I'm going to say, I just wish you'd give me a book and had the beginning and the ending of my life, and it all wrote out for me just to open it up and read it, and I would gladly just do it. Matter of fact, how many of you have ever wanted God just to make it, write it in the sky for you, amen? I alone would love for God to do that, but you know that's not faith. That's not faith. That's sight. The reality is He will never do that. Because he wants us to walk by faith, not by sight. Doubt displays indecision. Doubt displays ineffectiveness. But doubt does something. The third point, and this is a point that I really want to drive home more than any of the other points. It displays an instability. It displays an instability. In an hour when we need to be more stable than we've ever been. In an hour when we need to be more sure. When we need to be more stable. When we need to be uh, uh, more grounded than we have ever been in our life. Doubt displays an instability. Lest you think that doubt and wavering are only issues that come in times of prayer. prayer. And by the way, it does. We doubt God when we ask Him. He said, I'll not answer. But it's more than that. James goes on to say, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. A double-minded man, a double-minded woman, a double-minded young person are unstable in all their ways. The danger of doubt is greater than just an impotent prayer life. Doubt points to an underlying instability in all areas of our life. Look with me, verse number 8 again. I want you to notice a couple things. The root of this instability. He uses the word double-minded. When James wrote this, you you would have thought he chose a word here that he seemed to coin himself. It's a compound word that means 
to be two souls. It means to have two souls. The ideal is someone who thinks or believes in two different directions. Uh, Pilgrim's Progress, he had a character called Mr. Facing It Both Ways. When we are tottering between faith and unbelief, we're like the double-minded man that has two souls. One day, we believe God. Man, we shout, praise God. Hallelujah. God's good. And I know God's going to take care of us. And the next day, we're bottomed out and we're, we're wondering and we're doubting. And many times, even if we're saved, the truth is, we're, we're believing in two different directions. This type of double-minded man is a terrible ride to be on. It truly is. Being double-minded is a terrible place to be because literally your soul is pulled in two different directions. Now, I don't know where our country is going to do. I don't know where our country is going to go. I don't know when these mandates are going to be lifted. I don't know what next week's holds. But I'll tell you this much. I am certain. I am certain about the God that I serve, the God I worship, the God I believe, and the God that says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I refuse to, to, to bow to this craziness of this world and not trust my God. I'm going to trust him. And the root of it, those with a double-minded man are unstable, unsettled, unsure. Can I just throw this last one in? Very unhappy. Very unhappy. When your Christian life is like a roller coaster, rather than running a race, James said the root of that instability is a double-minded man. A double-minded person. Now please don't boo me out. When we have church again, I want you a praising God. I want you a shouting. But I've always been puzzled with this. I've always. As I've watched people that will stand up and testify and praise God on Sunday night. Circumstance come, knock them plumb off the, the podium, and they won't show up to church for another month. And I've always been puzzled about that because the reality, the root of this instability is being double minded. Notice the reach. Don't miss this. The reach of this instability. A double minded man is unstable. In all his ways. It doesn't say just his prayer life. It doesn't say it'll derail his, just his prayer life. Double-minded man's hindered in every part of his life. It, 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 there's an instability in his marriage. Instability in friendships. And... Uh, they're hot and cold and in and out. And the Word of God teaches us they're simply 
unwilling to believe God in His Word. And the effect is an unsettling in every single aspect of their life. In 2004, tsunami struck the Thailand, and the source of that disaster was an earthquake in the middle of the Indian Ocean. According to calculations, the tsunami struck very quickly and traveled some 2,800 miles. And so often, people not trace the instability and the things of their life uh, back to the source. And the source is a double-minded heart. James teaches us that we have the awesome privilege to come to God and ask Him for wisdom. You say, what wisdom for? Whatever you need. Ask for wisdom. Or whatever else we need as Christians. But He says, I want you to come. Now, now, uh, James here, he knew what it was to pray. As a matter of fact, James's nickname was Camel Knees. His knees were so callous from praying. Here was a man, a new prayer. And he said, I want you to know that you can come to God with any need that you have and you come just believing in faith. I love this. The boy went to a prayer meeting at his church. He asked a pastor to get the people to pray for his sister. He said, Now, preacher, I want God to make my sister to start reading her Bible. She won't read her Bible. And the preacher shouted the request of the church just as soon as her head's bowed. That boy jumped up and ran out of the church. The next day, the pastor called the little boy and said, Son, what what happened? You you give a prayer request and, and then you jumped up and ran out. He said, Preacher, I want to go home and see my sister read the Bible for the first time. See, he believed that God would answer. He believed that God would answer. I love this story. In a tri-state children's home, one year for Christmas, one of the little girls, one of the children said, I, I, I want God to, I want a baby doll for Christmas, and I need one shoestring. And uh, the lady that raised said, won't you just ask God to give you a baby doll and one shoestring? And didn't think anything else about him. Well, a church had boxed up a bunch of stuff and sent to the children's home socks and all kinds of stuff. And a little girl standing there, she said, what are you doing? She said, I'm waiting for you to get my baby doll and one shoestring. Well, they kept unloading it. She's getting worried. And, and you know, I, I don't want to be disappointed. But they got to the bottom of the box. And guess what was in the bottom of the box? Was a baby doll and one shoestring. See, when we come to God, maybe we just need to do this all over again. Maybe we need to learn to come to God as just children. They just, they just come and they just believe God. They don't doubt. They don't wonder. They, we, they just believe God. 
Let me close. One of the first things, one of the first things we must do in this hour that we're living. And one of the things I hope that you're doing, someone, if you were to, to come to me with this question, preacher, what should I be doing right now? This would be the answer to that question. Be certain. Be certain of who you believe in and what you believe. And then live like that. Live like it. Let that be rule of making decisions. Uh, here, I, 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 I love you and, and I understand very quickly. I understand quickly. There are some of you that are scared to death on this side. And there are some that are scared of nothing. And, the, and we run the gamut of, of both directions. So let me help you. If you're over here and you're scared to death, that's, that's okay. I'm not going to boo you out. I'm not going to shame you. I'm going to pray for you. If you're over here and you don't, you don't care about saying, well, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm going to pray for you and love you. But in the midst of it all, and all of us that are in between, we need to just get settled and certain about who and what we believe. We have no idea where this is going. There's not a one of us. Now you say, well, I, I've been studying this COVID. No, don't quit that. Quit that. Some of you need to turn the news off. Blow your TV up. That's what you might want to do. The reality, you ought to cut some of that mess off. You ought to get your face out of the Facebook. Get your face in this book. And start finding out. And get settled. Be certain about who you believe and what you believe. Say, well, what is that? First of all, know you're saved. Hallelujah, I'm glad I'm saved. Boy, if you get this, you'll die. Are you threatening me with heaven? Is that what you're trying to do? Amen. We're saved, born again, washed in the blood. This is not our home anyhow. We'll be sure we're saved. We'll know where our security comes from. And that's the Lord and our soundness. Let me read you this verse. These things... Have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. First Peter 1 and 7 says this, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it's tried with fire, might be found in the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Boy, he said... Your faith's going to be tried. Our faith is being tried now. Our faith is being tried. There's not a one of us that our faith is not being tried. But if we're certain, no doubting, so let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. He said, because, he said, let not that man think. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. There's one thing I want to be. I want to be stable in this hour. Because of who I serve, who I know, and who I serve. Let's pray. Heavenly Father.
I thank you for this.